The word of the year comes up on today's show. The emoji of the year comes up on today's show. The fact that Lily, our dog, is harmful to my health comes up on today's show. But probably the most important thing that we're going to talk about, I don't even know why I said probably, the most important thing that uh, we're going to talk about is our fertility journey. And we have a pretty significant update on the creation of baby dollar number two. All that and more on today's show. You are an upsider, living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. Welcome to the Upside. Update Podcast. With Callie and Jeff. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Today is Tuesday, November 29th. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful that because of your schedule this week, you get to take Ellie to school both today and Thursday. And it's it's something I normally get to do, but she gets so excited and happy and it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you get to experience today. My name is Callie Dollar and I am grateful for our fertility benefits. And that is going to be the first thing that we're talking about today. So if that's something that you would rather fast forward through, I just wanted to warn you off the bat because we have a fertility update for you today. Over the past couple of months, as you know, we started the process of doing an IUI to try to have another baby, which basically means that they turkey base me. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the <clears throat> easiest way to explain it. Um, and that's like kind of the first, well, it's not really the first step because I had surgery and we've been doing all this stuff since like February, I think, right? The, I feel like the stuff before this, before the... The, the turkey basting stuff was uh, preparation. It was like housekeeping. Like I, I always use the um, apartment analogy. So we spent a couple months putting fresh paint on the walls. Well, mm-hmm. we didn't. but the, I did. The fertility. <laughs> well, not even you, really. The, the experts at it. Yes. You, I mean, you, it, you're the apartment. I'm the apartment. But mm-hmm. they went in. They're like, you know what? Uh we need some fresh paint in here. We're going to swap the carpet out in the master bedroom. We've got to fix the plumbing in the in the guest mm-hmm, bath. Mm-hmm. So they did all that. Then they 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 started moving moving the tenants in. Moving the tenants in. So twice they did that. Um, the first time we had a chemical pregnancy, which was a positive and then quickly followed by a negative. And we found out yesterday that we had a second chemical pregnancy, which means that for about a week or so, um, we thought, well, we were pregnant. Um, and then it just wasn't a viable pregnancy. So we are in the process of like waiting for it to be not, I think technically I'm still pregnant. Uh, but I won't be like for very much longer. So I don't think you're so. Well, the numbers are still like my, my levels are still elevated. They're just not elevated enough to make a, I had, yeah, I baby from what I've under, from what I understand about the chemical pregnancy versus miscarriage. And I, I know our audience is predominantly women. So maybe almost everybody knows this, but on the off chance that you don't, um, a miscarriage is when. And by the way, I don't think that everyone knows this. Like, I didn't know this until we went through it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I Sometimes I make assumptions about what women know versus what men know, and I'm completely wrong. <laughs> you know? So um, a chemical pregnancy is when everything is, is happening to create 
a, a baby, but for some reason it never, uh, I'm trying to think of an, of an apartment analogy. Like the, the tenant has dropped some boxes off, mm-hmm. but at some point looks around at the apartment and says, I, I don't not right. No, right. I'm, I'm out. So the body, th- the body sees these boxes coming in. And they're like, oh, you're moving in. Yeah, may- maybe the tenant even spends one or two nights, but then realizes upstairs, na- upstairs neighbor, super loud. <laughs> right. Uh, oven makes a weird smell when you turn it on. Right. So a couple nights in, they go down to the office and they say, we got to, w- I would like to get out of this lease. Yeah. As opposed to a miscarriage, which is when you are fully moved in, we're here, you've probably had guests over. Right. You've definitely cooked a meal on the stove. And then then you're then you're like, I'm out of here. Yeah. So, so I won't say like it's as emotionally hard as a miscarriage, because for me it has not been. But I think the hardest part is for me is like the hope that you have and then the hope that you lose, not losing hope really, but just the disappointment. And Jeff and I- And I think the, am I speaking out of turn to say for you, I think it's also the practicality of, practicality is the wrong word, the timing of, because every setback is at least 30 days. Right. Yeah. So it's it's not a situation where, oh, this tenant isn't taking the apartment on Tuesday. We'll have somebody new in there on Friday. Right. We got to put we got to we got to relist it. Yeah. We got to put the ad up again. We got to get some new applicants. Excuse me. We got to get some new applicants and then we'll see if somebody else is. And that takes that takes, I don't know, on average, about 28, 30 days. (laughs) Yeah. So. Um, you know, it, it, the sadness is twofold for me. One, like I made a promise to myself and I was telling Jeff this yesterday and I don't know if I had ever told you this before. I thought I had, but maybe I didn't, um, that when we lost our first baby, um, that I would be grateful for every moment. And that was before Ellie. Right. But that was a a miscarriage, a miscarriage. Like we, we, yeah, yeah, had a heartbeat and then we didn't. Um, and, uh, so for me, I, I made a promise to myself that no matter how long we got with a baby or an embryo or whatever it is, uh, that I would be grateful for every moment. So this is my fifth pregnancy. Um, and obviously we only have one baby. So I've, I've been through this quite a few times, Um, but I always make a point, even if I'm going to be pregnant for one week and we're hoping the numbers are going up, that's my chance to like, be grateful for, you know, the opportunity to have that embryo. And I know that sounds silly, but it's something that I promised myself so I could better live in the moment and not live in fear of something bad happening. So I, you know, the first time this is our third chemical pregnancy, not in a row. One was before we started for fertility treatments that I like ordered Ellie big sister stuff and all of this stuff and got so excited. And then it went away. And then, you know, the next time I wasn't as hopeful cause my numbers were pretty low. Um, but this time, I mean, I had full on pregnancy symptoms. So, and I still do. So I'm just kind of like, we're just kind of waiting for it to, you know, to, to not be happening anymore. Um, in the meantime, like I'm still nauseous. I'm still, so it's really weird. Like it's, it's a mind 
game a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I feel sad. I think this is a silly time to ask the question, but there's, there's no chance. There's no chance that there's a misread on the numbers, right? No, Okay. no. The numbers went, the numbers were like a little bit weak, but better than our first IUI. Um, and then the second time I had blood work, uh, which is like four or five days later, it was the numbers were going down. So they weren't going down though. Yeah, they did. No, they went up. Uh, they went down up. by like a little tiny. No, bit. they went up by a little tiny bit. Anyways, we don't have a baby. No, the- <laughs> Well, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to will a baby into existence, but is there, there's no, cause it was a nine and then it was an 11. Mm-mm. It wasn't, Mm-mm. it was like a nine point something. And then it was a nine. So it was dropping. You sure? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, we talked about, I mean, I cried a lot yesterday cause I was just sad. I was so convinced. And here's the thing about hope. And I want to encourage anyone that's looking for hope in their life, whether it be fertility related or not, it's okay to be so hopeful that you kind of like make up things in your head. Like I was telling Jeff, I'm like, this is the magic baby. Like I, you know, was like, um, did the IUI on 11, 11 and, you know, in the 11 o'clock hour, because my, my appointment got pushed. And then she called me at 11 to tell me I was pregnant. Like, this is going to happen. Like, that's my hope. And that's what I'm holding on to. The, the number 11, by the way, no significance at all to, to any, <laughs> uh, either of us, No, but simply because it just kept showing up. It kept showing up. We're like, Oh, that's lucky. That's it. That's the lucky number. It's the lucky number. First day of the cycle was our, you know, 1022 our wedding. And so I think it's okay to hold on to that hope. I think it makes you someone that has a big hopeful heart and you know, it just is, um, with a big hopeful heart. Sometimes you get your feelings hurt or you get hurt a little more, but it's the cost of, of love, I think. So, um, I was sad yesterday. I'm sad while we're recording this, but I'm also kind of in fight mode. So I'm like, okay, what's the next step? What are we doing? How do we get this? Like, I'm like in a fight for your baby mode. So we have decided to more move forward with IVF. Um, I probably have no clue what I'm getting into. <laughs> um, we've seen the diagrams. We've, you know, talked everything through. We've talked percentages, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the blind faith of our doctors just to dive in and say, okay, like you think this is how we can have another baby? Let's let's do it. But it's not going to start until next year, January. January, yeah. just because the holiday and vacation schedule is so screwy for the second half of December that our doctor said the lab is closed for the, like the lab is closed for part of it, and just yeah. the just the chaos around the holidays, uh, and there's that. I mean, obviously it's important to us, but it's not urgent. Mm-hmm. We don't have a deadline that we have to meet. Mm-hmm. So she says, wait till January. So we're going to wait till January. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Um, yeah. I feel, did you cry at all? I feel like at one point you said you were mad. Well, I'm, I'm mad because I mean, I am, t- I am trying hard to mirror, not mirror, I'm trying hard to read your, to follow your lead with, with the emotional investment in this, Mm -hmm. because I think as, I, I think as a guy, 
it's it just processes more practically, mm-hmm. you know, and so to to me, this sounds so callous, and I don't mean it this way, but the failures, the chemical pregnancies are all learning are all tools to to do better next time mm-hmm. you know and they made some adjustments to to Callie's meds between the first chemical pregnancy and the second one and then obviously they placed gonna, it a different way and, and they yeah, yeah. And there's going to be a whole and, and and then everything um with the IVF and if if for some reason I mean we haven't talked about this um but if for some reason there's a delay in the IVF in January, I don't know why there would be, but if the timing doesn't line up uh, and it was an option to do another IUI, I would vote for that. Mm-hmm. My thinking about it is, okay, well, this IUI, we know three times as much as we did the, the first, first time, first, right. the first two. And all of those experiences contribute more to a successful IVF thing. So I'm just more practical about it. So no, I didn't cry. I I was mad because I think I think we were both really hopeful with this one. It, mm-hmm. it, it just felt right, or you felt right about it. It did. Um, but yeah, so. and it's weird to say that I've been pregnant five times now. Like. That's, um, you know, and in some ways that's a really good problem to have, you know, like we're, we're the problem is, is not getting there. The problem is staying there. So, um, anyways, um, science is amazing. Um, which is really cool. We got like a full on demonstration pretty much from our fertility doctor yesterday, which I thought was really neat. Like, I don't know if you ever knew that, you know, half the stuff about, you know, female bodies, but it is like a masterclass in female anatomy that I 100% have never, I never got that in school. Well, and not necessarily an anatomy, right? But, but the process. Right. Like follicles and, the, you know. What's it called? What is anatomy is, what would it be called? The physiology or whatever? Yeah. Of like how, the biology of how it happens. Like the brain triggers the ovaries to do this and then the ovaries do this. And at the exact right time, they do this and then they do this. And so if we're going to move that process along, we want to do this five times as much as the body normally does it. And then this. Right. And this. Like we're going to we're going to literally alter the chemicals in your brain to tell your uterus to do something different. I'm like what? And it's Yeah. It's so it's it's so new and complex to us that we don't even know what word to use to describe it. It's yeah. just anatomy stuff. So there you go. There is our little update. I uh, this is going to sound so superficial following that conversation, but I think it's important. I am confident that Lily is harming my health. Do you, like, she's and then a, you think she's trying to kill you? She maybe like trying to poison your sprite or something. Like, possibly, what's the deal? possibly. Here's why: there is something called junk sleep. Have you heard this phrase before? Mm, I can. Can I take a guess at what it means? Yeah, it means that you're getting sleep, but the quality isn't there, right? Yes, and they list a bunch of reasons that one would be experiencing 
junk sleep. And it happens to everybody occasionally. It could be indigestion. It could be a new sleeping environment. Mm -hmm. It could be a room being much too hot, much too cold. It could be sleep apnea, you know, where you stop breathing, especially if you um, have a cold or your sinuses are plugged. Any any one of, but one of the things on the list is a pet sleeping in the bed with you being, creating discomfort. And in the winter, Lily not only sleeps on the edge of our bed, but if it gets too chilly, she will burrow under our covers all the way down to where our feet are and sleep under the covers at our feet. And she is a full-on fur-covered normal dog. It's got to be 120 degrees Mm -hmm. down there. It's a little roasty. I don't, yeah. I can't, I don't know how that's comfortable, but she does it. So for the past few nights... She has not been sleeping in our bed for a long time. For the past few nights, she has been sleeping in our bed. I think it's because we have the bedroom window cracked because mm-hmm. the weather has been fairly nice. Mm-hmm. And so the room is a little bit chillier, probably just by a degree or two. But for her sensitive skin, it's unacceptable. So she has to get in bed with us for warmth. And it doesn't wake me up, but I think it's causing junk sleep. I have been... I, for the past couple of days, I have I've I've been aware of an inability to concentrate from time to time. Mm-hmm. I have felt a little forgetful. I have been irritable. I think it's because of Lily. Here's what I have to say about that. First of all, she's an island girl, right? Like mm-hmm. this girl, she anything below like 78 degrees is cold for her. So Maybe we should keep that in mind and make her a little nest somewhere that isn't like, or maybe we get her she has, a blanket. W- make her a nest. She has access at night to the entirety of our house except for Ellie's room. Okay, now here's my if other. If there's eight rooms in our house, she has access to seven of them. Okay, now my other. Um, every couch. Thing that I have to say. Every chair, every be- dog bed. I have no problem creating Lily overnight. She likes her crate. She's fine with her crate. We can make it really cozy in there, whatever. But I feel like you always go to bed after I do and you don't like creating Lily. Because she's usually downstairs asleep on the couch Mm -hmm. or on the dog bed on the floor in front of the couch. And I know what you're thinking also, which is, hey, you guys could just close your door. Yet Sadie knows how to open doors and she will open doors for Lily. Sadie knows how to open the door, uh, but she does not ho- know how to open the door gently. No, it's so <laughs> our our bedroom door. What, what it's like a le- it's not a doorknob. It's like a it's a lever. It's like a lever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a handle. It's a handle, and Sadie has and it opens into the bedroom. So if Sadie's outside the bedroom, she can she knows to jump up and slap the lever level lever. lever while pushing towards the door and then the door swings open with the gentleness of a whale jumping on the deck of a boat. It honestly sounds like the police are kicking in the door. Uh-huh. That's yeah. what I think. Like, yes. cause it's like, it takes her a couple tries too. So it's never on the, the only thing. Try. The only thing missing is like a flashbang gr- grenade from yeah, her pretty much when she comes in the room. So that's not an option. And if we, if we lock the door, cause the door does lock from the inside, she doesn't understand locks, so she just keeps smashing into it. She's pretty relentless. Yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for your next comedian here at Ellie's Comedy Club. You're going to love this guy. Welcome to the stage, Dad. The boss has announced he is going to fire the employee with the worst posture. I have a hunch. It might be me. Have a joke for Ellie's Comedy Club? Have a comment on something we've talked about or an idea for the show? Call or text Callie and Jeff. 800-434-5454. I know I have a microphone, but I feel like I need a megaphone because Rothy's is having their first ever Black Friday archive event. Now, it started and it's going through November 30th. And for this week only, save big with deep discounts on items that rarely get marked down. And for the first time, bags and accessories are on sale, too. Plus, you're going to want to check out Rothy's new holiday shimmer collection. Now, these are my favorite shoes of all time. They are comfortable, they are cute, and they are flats that you can machine wash. So it's like getting a new pair of shoes. They will never go out of style. They will never break on you, smell too much to be washed. No, 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 no. You're going to have these forever. It's a great investment. And I love that they're doing this Black Friday sale because they hardly ever do sales like this. So you're going to want to go check it out. For stylish and comfortable shoes, shop Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash upside and head to the first ever Black Friday archive event starting November 23rd through November 30th. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash upside. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you are stuck It doesn't matter if you feel too sad. It doesn't matter if you feel too anxious, too nervous. If something is preventing you from feeling the best version of you, there is someone who can help you. BetterHelp can pair you with a therapist that can cut through that blockage, who can help you feel like you again. I went to therapy after spending years saying, I don't understand it. I don't know why people need therapy. Can't you just think about what's wrong and fix it? And then I go to therapy and realize how much easier it is when you have someone helping you and holding your hand through the process. Plus, if you don't know what needs to be fixed, you can't fix it. And if you don't go to therapy, you think you know, but you don't. Therapy is right for you because it's right for everyone. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, entirely online. You're going to get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. You can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Go to betterhelp.com slash upside today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash upside. Upside. I love my caraway pots and pans. I discovered this company probably about a year ago before they were an advertiser. And I was so happy to partner with them because I was looking for an alternative to my nonstick cookware because I noticed that this nonstick coating was starting to like flake off and actually get in our food. And there's a lot of chemicals in there that I don't want my family eating. And that's really important to me. So I found Caraway. Not only are they beautiful pieces, but their non-toxic kitchenwares are all designed for the modern home and feature a chemical-free ceramic coating. So food can be prepared with peace of mind that there's no compounds that are going to get into your food. All sets come with easy access storage solutions, so no stacking is required, and you can match up your lids really easily that way. 
Caraway Cyber Season event is almost here. So you can save up to 20% off on all Caraway products, including their internet famous non-toxic cookware set. For the first time ever, you can save now on Caraway's food storage, tea kettle, and mini cookware. This exclusive deal won't last long, so make sure to shop your favorite colors and products while you still can. Visit carawayhome.com to take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% off your next purchase of non-toxic kitchenware. This deal won't last long, so visit carawayhome.com to shop all their incredible products for up to 20% off this holiday season. We appreciate our Upside partners, and we appreciate you for supporting them. For more information on any advertiser on the Upside, visit callieandjeff.com. Jeff Dollar, I have some bad news for you. And the bad news is that the Merriam-Webster word of the year is gaslighting, so you're going to have to learn what it means. I think I know what it means. Gaslighting. Gaslighting is one of these things that trips Jeff up. So it's like NFTs. Like he kind of thinks that maybe he knows yeah, what it is, but bit, he doesn't really understand it. Bitcoin. Yeah. It's like Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, you have Bitcoin and then it's worth it's worth bits of coins. Uh, gaslighting is when you, when a person makes someone else feel like they are the source of negativity or something bad mm -hmm. when in actuality it's the person it's the gaslighter it's the it's the person who's telling that story is the one who's the source of something bad so they define the term am i close yeah i mean so it's mind manipulating grossly misleading and downright deceitful um and it was up 1740 percent this year um and there wasn't one thing that happened that made it a spike, like a world event or whatever. It's just people were using that term more. And I'm surprised that you've had such a hard time with this one because I think you are familiar with a bunch of gaslighters in yeah. your former life. Oh, I think so too. And I I'm, uh, I think I, I'm a gaslighter. You think you're a gaslighter? Mm -hmm. I try to make Whoa. Ellie, I'm try, I try to make Ellie convinced that she's the source of all the issues in this house and usually it's me. Mm. So I'm gaslighting a two-year-old. Nice, you should be proud. Here are your three random things for today. Number one, there is a late entrant for Emoji of the Year honors. This is- uh, I did not know Emoji of the Year was a thing. I feel like we've talked about it before. I feel like, we've, we, I feel like we've reported on it. Um, it's not ringing a bell. Continue. Or yeah, maybe we talked about which ones are cool and which ones aren't yeah, cool. Yeah, that's what we talked about. We talked about like what Gen Zers are making fun of millennials for still using. Um, but this is actually something that can be tracked. There's data to stand by it because uh, companies like Apple or um, resources like Slack can monitor how often these emojis appear in text messages Got and it. online exchanges. There is uh, a, a late entrant who, who might take the honors. It is the saluting face emoji and the reason it has become so popular. I didn't even know there was a saluting face emoji. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever used it, but I can see it in my, I've scrolled past it. Mm -hmm. I can see it in my head. The reason it is uh, becoming so popular is because the tech companies, uh, people are using it in mass emails, mass text messages, mass Slack messages when they lose their job mm -hmm. to say goodbye to their coworkers mm. and they're saying thanks. And it's kind of a peace out type Salute. of 
Yeah. Yeah. And so many people are using it and it's, and it's kind of sad <laughs> comments and stuff or posts, uh, on people who are leaving are getting shared and people are commenting on it and whatever. It could be a late entry into the, um, emoji of the year. So we'll keep our eye on that. We'll keep an eye on that hard hitting news. That did you just say that twice? Well, I was going to say we'll keep an eye on that and then end it, but then I wanted to add that it's hard-hitting news. Mm, yes. Your second random thing is there is a town in Connecticut that has a Christmas tree entirely made of lobster traps, which I think is so cool. I feel like every town should embrace their personality with stuff like this. Connecticut, though. Who, who is like, I would love to go out and get myself a fresh Connecticut lobster. If it was Maine, I would get it. Well, isn't it a New England thing? Yeah, but Connecticut's not, so Connecticut's not lobster. It's, May, it's 35 uh, feet tall, and it's made from over 400 lobster traps, um, and the tree topper is an anchor, and I wanted you to see a picture of it because I thought it was so neat, and I love awesome. the holiday spirit. I love that. I, uh, if, I, if I was a resident of Maine, I would be mad. Well, maybe Maine should step up their game. You know, it's like the uh, town in South Carolina that has the peach water tower. It's insulting to Georgia. Georgia or Georgia should step up their game. That's what I see that as. Georgia is the peach state. We should have a peach Christmas tree. Yeah, in Gaffney, South Carolina, they got the peach water tower. Mm -hmm. uh, your third random thing is, and this might be a surprise, but it's true, true facts. Uh, if you want to be more productive at work, Leave your desk for lunch. Studies show that workers who go out to lunch are actually twice as productive as those who stay at their desk and work through lunch because people operate at peak efficiency when they can actually turn their brain off for a bit. And if you are powering through and working through lunch, you are actually putting in more time, more hours, more minutes to the task at hand. But the processing power and the computing power mm -hmm. has diminished because your brain needs a break. There so. was a woman I used to work with who would take, um, and I, I never knew her name and I haven't seen her since COVID. So she may be working from home now and not doing it, but she would wear a fitness tracker and she would walk around the building like at a certain point during the day. And I assume partially for like steps, but maybe just to like clear her head. And I was like, I that is so smart. I should do that. Outside the building in the fresh air or just wander around, around the, building. the cubicles and stuff. Yeah, not even like wondering. Like she looked like she had a mission. I think she had like a. Yeah, but you work in an enormous office building. Don't do that if you work in like a state farm office. And you're just walking from like <laughs> one side, one to the wall other, to the other, one to the other, one to the other. I used to work with a guy who, at the time, I was like, "This is such a, this is so diva, of him," but he. Couldn't leave the office for some reason. I can't remember. I can't remember why. But he would for thirty minutes every day at the same time every day. No phone calls. No conversations about work. No no conversations with him about anything. Mm -hmm. He would stay in the office, usually sitting at his desk, browsing sports scores or whatever online. But if you came in and tried to talk to him about anything work related, he would shut it down immediately. Good for him. And at the, at, when it all started, we were like, what a diva. And now, in retrospect, well, that, was that, actually, guy's a that was brilliant. And those are your three random things. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. 
Most people learn about the upside from their friends. Please tell everyone you know about this podcast so the amazing Upside community can continue to grow. This feels like a good time to say thank you for letting us be open and honest and um, share our lives and, and our struggles and things that are really hard for us, even when we have no resolution or no any conclusion. Um, you've made this a very safe space for us and um, we really appreciate that. So thank you. Hey, this is Missy calling. I just listened to y'all talking about German Shepherds and a tennis ball launcher. Well, we have a German Shepherd. She's about two years old. And my husband hurt his shoulder, so I thought, oh, let me get one of these tennis ball launchers so he can still play with the dog. Oh, my goodness, the German Shepherd is so scared of the launcher, the minute you take it out, she takes off running and hides. So back to just plain old throwing a tennis ball. Thought you'd get a giggle. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Callie, Jeff, Ellie, and the pups just was calling to say I remembered something from previous webcast, or, I'm sorry, podcast, been working all day, um, that you do not make fudge when it is raining, according to Callie's grandmother. So since the Thanksgiving weekend is usually when I get a head start on my candy making and bread making and such, and looking at the weather that it was going to rain, uh, pretty much the whole entire weekend. And today it was close to the 70s. I went ahead and got a head start and did three batches. So thanks for that little tip. And um, yeah. Hey, Kelly and Jeff, it's Lisa. Um, on the topic of German Shepherds. So my husband and I, over the past 20 years, have probably had like 15 German Shepherds. Um, at one time we had four. And they aren't really ball chasing kind of dogs. Um, they might chase it once or twice until they realize that they're way too smart to be chasing and retrieving a stupid ball. So um, they're no fun to take a dog parks because all they will do is lay next to you. Um, anyway, thanks for everything. Keep up the good work. Love the upside. And happy holidays. What are your plans for today? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> but you did that yesterday. And I didn't finish it. 